It's good to see Malcolm and Janice here and we continue to pray for you and for Derek and Ian at this time. If there was something that came out of the service on Friday afternoon for the funeral of um, Malcolm's father Chaz, was something that he was a great walker. I was quite amazed to see all the different walks that he'd been on and, and achieved and everything else. And I love walking, but I can't walk the distances that he walked. The furthest I've ever walked, and this is a long time ago, I did a, 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 an overnight, an evening, an overnight and a morning stint of Offers Dyke, and I walked 34 miles with a friend of mine. But uh, unfortunately, I injured my knee, and we had to call it to a stop. And that's quite a long time ago. Since then, my walks are a lot shorter. On Thursday, I needed to go to Chester the Street, and so I decided, well, I was going to go by bus, but I thought, well, I'll give it a walk. So I walked it. But I have to say that within the last few hundred yards, people must have thought there was something wrong with that decrepit old man walking up the street. <laughs> because I really was stumbling and struggling. My legs were hurting me so much. And then I was shocked to see on Facebook that Claire, and I've forgotten her husband's name, they'd done a seven point something mile walk on Friday. So they put me to shame. But, but I do love walking. I love to enjoy the nature and I love to just look and watch and see what's going on all around me. And the subject that I'm going to bring this morning is all about our Christian walk. And it's going to be brief thoughts, but I want to read so much from God's Word because this is where we get it all from, isn't it? This is where we get our help for living and our help as we walk the Christian life. I'm going to read four scriptures first of all. The first one is found in Deuteronomy 5 and verse 33. Uh, 32 and 33. There in Deuteronomy 5, 32 and 33 we read this. You shall be careful therefore to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live, and that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land that you shall possess. The command there was to the children of Israel, but we can apply that same command to our lives, that we should walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you. So we need to heed his instruction. What way do you want me? What way do you want us to be walking? And it goes on to say there, the response would be that it may go well with you. And if we want it to go well with us spiritually, then we need to walk in the way that the Lord wants us to walk in. Second scripture is found in Psalm 84 and verse 11 and it says there for the Lord God is a sun and shield the Lord bestows favour and honour no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly so we walk uprightly and as we walk uprightly, that is, as we walk in the ways of the Lord, he says to us that there is no good thing that he will withhold from us. It doesn't mean to say that he's going to give us anything and everything we want, but he knows what is the good for us. 
And so as we walk uprightly, he will give to us those good things which he knows are good for us and essential for us in our Christian walk. And the third one is in Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah chapter uh, 6. And I think I used this quite recently in one of the devotions I sent out. It says there, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look. And ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. That's a good instruction, isn't it? Stand by the roads. Now, I know that when I'm going to do a walk, I will look at the map, and I will try to find which is going to be the simplest and the easiest way to get from A to B. And very often we can be like that in our Christian life. We want to do things in our way, the quickest way, the shortest way, but that may not be God's way. Imagine, you know, Abraham was called to leave where he was, to go down to the land that God was going to show him. And if God had told him exactly where the destination was going to be, Abraham would have tried to find the quickest, the best, the shortest route to get there in his own time, in his own way, and arrive when he wanted to. But God didn't tell him where the destination was. You're going to go to where I'm going to lead you. Where I'm going to show you. So he had to go wherever God sent him. Wherever. Till he arrived there. And we need to be willing to listen to what this instruction is here. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look. And we can come to so many crossroads in our experience. And the instruction is stand by the roads and look. But then ask for the ancient paths might not be the easiest route might be the toughest route but they're the ancient routes they're the tried and tested routes where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your soul and so as we link us spiritually we need to walk in the good way the good way which is God's way and then the fourth scripture for now is from Ephesians chapter 4 uh, Ephesians chapter 5 sorry and verses 15 to 16 and this is very wise counsel for us as it was for the Ephesian church and the other churches that would have received this letter as Paul sent it out to go on a circular tour around the churches so it's a good instruction for us today in the day in which we're living in where it says look carefully then how you walk look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. And today is an evil day. It's a really evil day. And the enemy is going around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. And he would do everything he can to cause believers to go astray. To, to wander off, to take the wrong roads, to do the wrong things. But here the apostle says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. In other words, as we're walking on this journey, make the best use of the time. Don't wander off into places which will distract you. Don't wander off into places which may bring you down. Don't wander off into places which would cause you to perhaps uh, wander away from what God really wants you to be and where he wants you to be. But making the best use of the time because the days are evil. 
and we'll look at some of those things as we move further on. So we need to get on the right road so that all may go well with us and know that as we're walking on those right roads, no good thing will he withhold from us. And as we're walking on the right roads, we will find rest as he gives rest to us and we need to walk wisely. There's a hymn, and I should have found it beforehand, uh, which I just wanted to read the words from. 457 from Making Melody. And it's when we walk with the Lord. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word. What a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will. He abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise. Not a cloud in the skies. But his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear. Not a sigh nor a tear. Can abide while we trust and obey. Not a burden we bear. Not a sorrow we share. But our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief nor a loss. Not a frown nor a cross. But is blessed if we trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favour he shows and the joy he bestows are for those who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. Isn't that wonderful to know that when we're walking in the good way, he's by us, he's with us, he's walking with us. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And our trust and our obedience is reflected in how willing we are to walk in the way that he has set before us. Are we willing to trust him? Are we willing to be obedience. So five simple thoughts this morning. First of all we go to Matthew chapter 7 and Matthew chapter 7 and verses 13 to 14 which read, enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Now the word walk isn't mentioned in those verses. Quite simply because this is talking about the entrance into the way in which we are going to walk. And we're all by human nature sinners. And because of our human nature and sin, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God all are born as sinners so we're already walking on the Broadway we're already walking on the road that leads to destruction but the message we heard last weekend concerning the Easter story was the fact that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners he came to give his life for us. And in his I am statements in John chapter, in, in the Gospel of John, one of the statements that Jesus made was this, I am the gate, or I am the door. And he says, it's by me. If any man will enter, he shall have eternal life. And so Jesus in dying on the cross 
and rising on the dead became the entrance, the way that is made possible for us to get from the, the right road that leads to destruction to get onto the narrow road that leads to life eternal. The sad thing is that scripture says that the gate is narrow. It doesn't mean to say that Jesus is narrow-minded. It just means to say that the, the, the options for getting onto this uh, narrow road are narrow options. There is only one way. There is only one option and it is Jesus himself. It's not through good works. It's not through human effort. It's not through doing all sorts of other sorts of things. It's only by simply placing our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But many find it too simple. It just doesn't work out in their logic. That's too easy. And so as far as they're concerned, it's too narrow. But it's the only way. It's the only way that will lead to the road that leads to life eternal. And the sad thing is, as I said, many stay on the Broadway. And many are heading to destruction. Because it says that the narrow gate is hard. And it leads to life. And those who find it are few. In other words, once you've gone through the narrow gate, we're starting on a new walk. A walk that leads to life eternal. But it's not an easy walk. And we must never make it out to be an easy walk. We will face trials. We will face difficulties. We will face persecution. We will find that people will mock us and won't want to be with us and everything else. But the rewards are great. They're out of this world. They're fantastic. They're in heaven. They're in the presence of Jesus. And as we've read already from the scriptures, as we walk this narrow way, the Saviour who is the gate is also the shepherd that walks alongside us. He's with us to help us and to take us through as we walk on this journey. So the first thing I want to say this morning, and I know I said a lot already, but from that scripture is this, get on the right road. It's as simple as that. Get on the right road. And this morning, if you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've never allowed him to come into your heart to be your saviour and to be your Lord, then you're still on that broad road that leads to destruction. And you're going to remain on that broad road. So today, as I'm bringing what I'm bringing this morning and what I'm sharing this morning, the most important thing I could say to anyone that might be here and you've never committed your life to Jesus, it's quite simply those four words get five words get on the right road cross come through the narrow gate and walk with Jesus know what it is to have abundant life now and to have life eternal awaiting you as we pass from the scene of time and into eternity and you get on the right road by coming accepting what Christ has done for you confessing your sin acknowledging your sinner and ask Christ to forgive you of your sin and ask him to come and to be Lord of your heart and Lord of your life so get on the right road and if you're not on the right road today get on the right road and follow the ancient tried and tested paths that many have walked before, that I've been walking for since I was nine years old on this narrow road that leads to life. And it's a great road. It's a great walk because the shepherd, Jesus, is walking alongside me. So get on the right road. Secondly, we're going to go to Psalm chapter 1. And then from there we're going to flip across to the New Testament. Not literally. Uh, but we're going to move to the New Testament. We know Psalm 1 so very well. I shouldn't really need to turn to it, should I? But I am. 
And then we're going to go to 1 John chapter 1 and verses 1 to 4. Psalm 1, just the first few verses. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man. Well, who is the happy man? Who is the blessed man? The psalmist goes on to answer and says, the blessed man is the one who walks not. So this tells us where not to walk. Blessed is the man, happy is the man, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but instead his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Blessed is the man who walks not. Underline that, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And then when we come to 1 John, we read there in verses 1 to 4, it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life that was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Psalm 1 says, don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. So what's the alternative? Well here, it's clear. The word walk again isn't used, but the alternative, instead of walking with the counsel of the wicked, spending our time with the unbelievers in what they're doing and what they're talking about and what they're saying, being like them as it would be, the emphasis from that psalm, it says that instead we walk in fellowship with the Father. We walk in fellowship with the Son. We walk in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. But there's another one that's so vitally important because this John is talking about it, it's walking in fellowship with one another. With one another. We need to be in fellowship with one another. We need to be walking together in fellowship. And as I was thinking about this this week, you know, the thought here is keep the right company. Walk in the right company is the theme of my devotion that will come out tomorrow morning a little bit. But, you know, I was thinking, you know, as we think about fellowship, as we think about either being in fellowship or walking in the counsel of the ungodly, and then the alternative, which is the better alternative, and keeping the right company, and walking in the fellowship of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and with one another as brothers and sisters, the thought that came to me as I was looking at it this week was this, when we compare and do a comparison, as to how much time it might be that we are actually with the ungodly. But then, if we want to draw the comparison, then ask ourselves a question, how much time in the week do we spend with the godly? How much time do we spend in fellowship with one another? And sad to say that for most of us, we would have to draw a line at the bottom and say, well, I spend a lot of time up there with the ungodly 
But when I look about how many times I'm in fellowship with believers coming together in the church as the body of Christ, then it will be right down there. And that's not the way to walk when we're walking on the narrow way. We should be eager to be in fellowship together, to be in fellowship with one another, walking the road with one another, because we need each other. Ian made an illustration on um, Friday evening about the dry stone walls, and I said that I, I looked at them when we were up, up in the, the hills, Rowley. Uh, I'd seen all the stone walls and I was, I was admiring them. I was actually looking at them and watching how all the stones had been put in place. And we we're all living stones. And we we're all to be built in together with one another. And yet so often there are stones missing in the wall. When we come to fellowship, there are gaps. And those gaps need to be filled. We need to be together. We need to be fellowshipping together. We need to be keeping the right company. As I said back in that scripture from Ephesians, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We need each other. We need to be spending more time, much more time in fellowship with one another in these dark days in which we are living. The third one is we go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5 verse 16 But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh for those who for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do that links in with the previous thought really it's Galatians 5 16 17 it links with this previous thought, but here it says, walking by the Spirit. And then it goes on to say there, those verses we know so well, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So we once walked satisfying the desires of the flesh. But now we've gone through the narrow gate, we should now be walking following the desires of the Spirit. We should no longer be longing for the things of the flesh. We should be longing for the things of the Spirit. And therefore, going by that verse again, we need to be walking by the Spirit. And as we learn to walk by the Spirit, and the more closer we get to the Holy Spirit, and the more we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and the more we walk with Him on the narrow road, the less we will desire the things of the flesh, and the more we will want of the things of God. So the thought here is we need to walk with the right behaviour. The right behaviour. Not satisfying, not being involved in those things that are there in 19 and 21. The idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, orgies and things like these. I warn you that those who do such things will not enter, inherit the kingdom of God, but instead be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. We need to walk with the right behaviour. Number four. Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 3. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, 
following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But then we come to the latter part of those verses, and it says there, No, sorry, Psalm 23 again. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What we've got here is that once we were walking in the ways of unrighteousness. Ephesians 1, 2, 1 to 3 is so clear of where we were, walking in the ways of unrighteousness, but here it tells us that he leads me in paths of righteousness. In other words, we walk in the right places. We walk with the right people, but we walk with the right places. Places of righteousness. Places of righteousness. That's where we should be going to. Places of righteousness and he leads us in paths of righteousness he will never lead us in places which will bring dishonor to his name never he leads me in paths of righteousness and so if we allow him to lead us and to guide us and to instruct us he will never lead us anywhere which will bring dishonor or lack of glory to his name he will always lead us in paths of righteousness so we need to walk in the right places and then we go back to Ephesians 2 again I don't need to read those verses again but there it says we once walked following the course of this world what the world did we did we were no different we were the same as them but then at the end of Ephesians it goes on to say something else it goes there to say in, in chapter 2 sorry verse 10 for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand what for? that we should walk in them that we should walk in them we once walked following the course of this world but now we walk in good works that God has prepared beforehand for us to walk in them it's quite simply from that the thought that I want to bring is this we walk in God's will we walk in his way, in his pathway, but we also walk in his will. And why do we walk in God's will? It's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And I believe for every one of us who have got onto the narrow road, that one important thing that we should be seeking and finding out and being desirous to be obedient to is to be walking in the will of God for our lives. However hard it might seem to be. And sometimes it is hard. And Elaine and myself, we have proved that as we've moved from Hereford and down to Bournemouth and then from Bournemouth to Sudbury and Suffolk and then from Suffolk up to Rill in North Wales and then moving across to here. You know, in, in all of those different moves and by the time we got to Bournemouth and moved from Bournemouth, we didn't have the two or three or four children. We had six children to move with. And so as we were moving around, it, it wasn't always easy. But we wanted to follow what was the will of God for our lives. And we 
understood uh, because we had committed it to the Lord right at the very beginning of our marriage. He knows best. And we wanted to be obedient in following whatever his will may be. And sometimes it's been good. Sometimes it's not been so good. It's been very difficult. It's been very tough. But the Lord has never failed us. He's not failed us. And we thank God that the six children, with all the moving around and everything else, they were all following the Lord in their places where they're living. And we thank God for that. We give God the glory for that. And we pray that they will continue on that same route. But we need to walk in God's will. When the road is rough and steep, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Because he helps us. He's with us. And he takes us through. So we once walked, I'll go back to the beginning, we once walked in the broad road. I trust we're now all walking on the narrow road. We once walked in the council of the world. We should be walking with the community of the church. We once walked satisfying the desires of the flesh. But now we should be walking fulfilling the desires of the spirit. We once walked in the ways of unrighteousness. We should now be walking in the paths of righteousness. And we once walked following the course of this world. But we should now be walking in the good works that God has prepared beforehand for us. So we get on the right road. We keep the right company. We walk with the right behaviour. We walk in the right places. And we walk in God's will. Because it's the right thing to do. And with that I'll close with Romans chapter 12. I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters. This is Paul's appeal to those that he was writing to in the Roman church. But it's the appeal that I make this morning as the pastor of this fellowship to each one of you. As my sheep as it were. As we fellowship together, I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And when we heed that and obey it, we will truly, really know the blessing of God upon us as a church as we seek to move forward together in his will and in his purpose. Amen.